Building trust will transform organizations and relationships. But to build trust, you must first change behaviors. Changing behaviors requires you to form new habits. But forming new habits is hard, very hard. It takes significant effort, and to do that, you must have enough and the right kind of motivation. My work on trust resides in the intersection of the science of trust and the science of forming habits. In most of the episodes of this podcast, I talked about the why and the what. Why is trust important? What is trust? What makes one person decide to trust or not to trust another person? But that's not enough. If I told you exactly what you must do to be trusted by another person, does that mean you can do it? Knowledge is not enough. You need motivation. In this episode, I will talk more about finding the motivation to form new habits that will change old behaviors. I will talk about motivation in general to do anything right after this. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm Yoram Solomon, your host, the author of The Book of Trust and facilitator of The Trust Habits Workshop. My mission is simple. I want to help you form habits that build your trustworthiness because the answer to this question will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? First, I have to admit that I'm pretty excited to find that this episode is the 100th episode. This podcast is still in the top 3% by Listen Notes. And, uh, you know, I I would not, 100 episode ago, episodes ago, I would not have imagined that I will have 100 episodes. Let's start. Let's talk about motivation. And I, I have, if you know me by now, you know that I would have to start with the story. And, and that story starts in 2012. Uh, my family typically used to go to Israel every summer. And uh, when they came back, uh, you know, they would go to Israel for like a month. But I, I couldn't afford to spend a month away from work. I, I would have to uh, make it much shorter. So I would join them for, let's say, a week or something. Whether it's in Israel or meet them somewhere in Europe on their, through their connection or in a connection in, in the U.S. And in 2012... It was in New York City. So on their way back from Israel, they landed in New York City. Instead of uh, making a connection straight to Dallas, uh, we made that a one week in New York and I joined them there. So I joined them and, uh, you know, we did all the usual tourist stuff. And the last day uh, in the morning, we went to the Rockefeller Plaza, to the GE building where NBC shoots the Today Show. See, we watch uh, NBC and the Today Show uh, in the morning. And so we went there and uh, all the anchors came out and we took photos of them and with them. And then we went up to the uh, second floor of the experience store where you can buy, um, you know, I guess promotional stuff for NBC. But 2012 was during the London Olympics. And so uh, uh, there was some memorabilia associated with uh, the Olympics, the London uh, and Team USA. And so as we were looking at at, uh, items, uh, three ladies came to me. One was wearing heavy makeup. That was Madeleine Fernstrom. She's the nutritional expert uh, for NBC. 
And the other two had uh, uh, clipboards. And so they, she asked me, do you want to be on the Today Show? Okay, let me repeat this. Do you want to be on the Today Show? Well, yeah. And so I asked her, what's the context? And she said, weight loss. <laughs> so I looked down. Yeah, you know, I, I can see why you would ask me if I want to talk about weight loss. But still, it's a Today Show. It's a national program. And so um, I asked, what do you want me to do? Well, as it turns out, this was the third hour of the Today Show. Uh, so that's not the news. Uh, this is more kind of a daily talk show. At that time, it was with Hoda Kotbe and Kathy Lee Gifford. And what they do is they have people in the audience and they turn to the audience and uh, they, they ask questions. So there is a reporter standing right next to me and then they turn to the audience. I think it was Sarah Walker, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, don't think she's with NBC anymore. But uh, they turn to her. Are there any questions from the audience? But before that, when they told me that uh, they wanted me to uh, ask a question... Do I have a good question to put on air? And I thought for a second, I said, you know what? I do. I do have a good question to put on air. You know, I've been meaning to lose weight for I don't know how long. I know what I have to do. I know how much I can and cannot eat. I know how much exercise I need. Knowledge is not the issue. How do you find the motivation? And so they looked at me and they said, oh, this is a great question. We're going to put you on air. So, you know, they take me to another room. They put a little makeup on me, not as much as on Madeline. Uh, and they take me to the other room where Maya was standing right next to me, my daughter, my older daughter, Maya. And, um, you know, they turn to the audience. Are there any questions? Sarah points the microphone to me and I ask my question. You know, I've been meaning to lose weight for I don't know how long. I know what I have to do. Knowledge is not the issue. Where do you find the motivation? They said, oh, great question. And then they give me an answer, which, you know, I'm sorry, but it was so generic, so plain vanilla, so uh, not helpful, really. I mean, you have to do it in small steps and, and you have to have the support of your family around you. And, and so I celebrate little successes. That didn't work for me. I knew all of that. That didn't work for me. So we were done with that experience and that afternoon we flew back to Dallas and I'm sitting in the plane thinking to myself, wait a minute, if I'm right and knowledge is not the issue motivation is, I'm not an expert on weight loss. I'm not an expert on, on you know, diet, but I just finished a PhD research on motivation so specifically, it was the motivation for creativity, but motivation is motivation. I still did a, a doctoral degree on motivation. Why can't I figure it out? If that's really the issue, if I'm right, and knowledge is not the issue, motivation is, why can't I figure it out? By the time we landed in Dallas, I had a plan. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to lose. Now, I, I didn't need to lose 100 pounds in three days. Okay? You know, some people do need to lose a lot more than I did. I needed to lose 32 pounds and I gave myself six months. You know, 32 pounds in six months, that's not aggressive, but without motivation, you're not going to be able to do it, period. So I made the plan. The plan, the plan really focused on the motivation, on building the motivation. It wasn't about what to do because the what to do was very simple. Eat 
consume fewer calories, expend more calories. That's that's what it comes down to. So I was supposed to lose 32 pounds in six months. I lost exactly 32 pounds in six months minus three days. The next month, so this this was from July to December, to the end of December. My goal was by January 1st to be um, uh, 32 pounds lighter. I was there three days before January 1st. Well, in January, I used to have my annual checkup with my doctor. And my doctor, my physician, he knows me. And so when he showed up in the exam room, he took one look at me and he said, what happened? I said, what do you mean? What happened to you? You lost weight. I said, yeah, 32 pounds. I said, are you okay? I said, yeah, no, I was planning to lose 32 pounds. I didn't lose it in one day. I lost 32 pounds over a period of six months. He said, how did you do it? And so I took him through the process. Don't worry, I'm going to take you through the process in this episode. Uh, but I took him through the process and... At the end, he already knew my first book was out. Uh, uh, my first book was out in 2007. And he said, you need to write a book about it. And uh, that's how my second book ended up uh, coming out. And I'm not going to tell you the whole story of the second book, uh, Worst Diet Ever. That's the name of the book. By the way, my first book to be translated into Japanese. And you would think that Japanese are the thinnest people on earth. Uh, I guess they're more... Uh, diet or or weight loss or or health aware that they do care about these books, so it was translated into Japanese. It's really a book. What I I learned later, uh, my wife asked me if uh, why, why is it that that you're writing a book about diet? I mean, this is a distraction from what you do. And, and you know, initially it was right, and she was right until I realized that this is not a book about diet. This is a book about forming habits about finding the motivation to do the things that are important but long-term rather over the, the efforts and using the efforts that are short-term. So enough with stories. Let's talk about um, motivation. We do things. I'm going to make a statement here. We do things because the motivation to do them is stronger than the effort. We can probably measure effort and measure motivation using the same uh, measuring unit, whatever that unit is. If it's the level of energy, energy that you get from whatever motivates you and energy that you spend. So we do things because the motivation is stronger than the effort. We don't think we don't do things if the motivation is not enough. If you're not motivated enough to do something, and, and, you know, I'm not talking about being motivated by doing the thing itself, uh, because then, then maybe you are enough uh, motivated enough. But what if you don't have enough motivation to spend on the effort? Okay, so let's say that we measure it in calories. Okay, so if the motivation doesn't generate enough calories that are required to spend on whatever the effort is, then you're not going to do it. It's that simple. So what can you do? You can do one of two things. You can reduce the effort. Now you put the effort below the motivation, the level of motivation you have. The problem is, what is it that you're trying to achieve? And maybe the effort is now not going to achieve it. You know? Uh, the second thing you can do is increase the motivation. And that's what we're going to talk about. 
Now, uh, th there are four ways kind of to increase the motivation uh, or, or how you apply the motivation. The first is you make it easier to adopt a good habit. Okay, so if the effort is this good habit that you want to adopt, one type of motivation would be to make it easier to adopt that good habit. Now, if, if what you're trying to do is stop a bad habit, then maybe the motivation is how do you make it easier to stop the bad habit? You could do make it harder. You could use motivation that would make it harder not to adopt a good habit or to make it harder not to stop the bad habit. So think about those, those options. I mean, are you trying to stop something or start something? Do you want to make it easier to start the good thing or to not stop the bad thing uh, or stop the bad thing? Do you want to make it harder to uh, not stop it or not to develop, not to adopt a new habit. So those are the, the four types. There are two general types of motivation. Intrinsic motivation, extrinsic motivations. Those words are coming from intrinsic is from within. Extrinsic is outside, external. And what do I mean by that? So think about this. There is an action, there, there is the effort that you want to make. There is a natural outcome to this effort. Okay, you lose weight, or, or let, let's say the effort is really not to lose weight. The effort is really to not eat too much. The effort is to exercise. So that's, that's the action that you're trying to make. Okay, uh, in, in the context of trust, it's uh, maybe there is an action that you need to take or something that you need to stop. And, and that is, and, and this would be in any one of the six components of the uh, trust, uh, the relative trust model. It, it could be something in competence, you know, um, in the area of competence, I mean. So maybe it's uh, you need to take a certain class or, or a certain uh, gain a certain certificate for people to trust you more because they think you're more competent. Okay? That's an effort. And that's the effort we're talking about. Uh, this could be, you know, in the area of personality compatibility. Um, this could be that, um, you know, you, you pay more attention to what the other person or how the other person uh, consumes information and you change the way you communicate with that person. It's an effort. Uh, I remember one of the efforts was uh, I moved uh, in, in Texas Instruments. I moved to a, another location in the building with my team. And because I was the leader of the team, I got an office and they got uh, cubes. And I thought that, that that asymmetry is not going to help build trust. So the effort for me was leave the office and take a cube and stay at a cube instead of an office, which is, you know, not as convenient as, a, as an office and so on, but it was important. So that's the action, okay? And the natural outcome of that action would be, let's say if I eat less, exercise more, the natural outcome, outcome would be what? I lose weight. Actually, that's the, the immediate one. The, the longer term one would be, I would feel healthier. I would be healthier. I would live longer. I would look better. So that's the natural outcome. If that natural outcome is your motivator, that's intrinsic motivation. Because the loop here is a natural loop. Action 
natural outcome, that natural outcome motivates you. That's intrinsic motivation. Extrinsic motivation is where the link between the action and that thing that motivates you is arbitrary. It's it's fictional. It's it's not real. It's uh, I, I don't know what other words to use for it. But so, for example, I'll tell you what I, what I used for my um, uh, my weight loss. Uh, you you may know by now that one of my habits is to build, fly, and uh, and buy radio controlled airplanes. Well, uh, every day that I would not do the effort required to lose weight, I would not be able to buy, build, or fly. I mean, it was self-imposed, and, and I'll talk about that, but but it was still, it's not a natural outcome. That's that's the important part. It's an arbitrary, it's it's a um it's an artificial, that, that's probably the best, the best word. It's an artificial link that I imposed. Okay? It's not that if I had enough calories, then I would have more money to spend on, on my hobby or, or more time to spend on my hobby. It's, it's artificial. I impose it on myself. And that motivated me because I really used to spend uh, maybe an hour every day in building or maybe going out to fly that's a little longer or spending money to buy parts or a new airplane. That was a motivator. It's just that the link was was artificial, and that's why we call it extrinsic motivation. Now, the first question I'm going to ask you, uh, why is the intrinsic motivation not enough? I mean, if I ask you now, I told you the effort is that that you're going to, you know, eat less, uh, work out more, um, or, you know, move out of the office to a cube. That's the effort. The outcome, the natural outcome, you're going to look good, feel good, uh, live healthy, be healthy, uh, or you're going to be more trusted by your team. Is that not more important than the effort? I mean, I, I've I've never heard anybody saying, "Oh yeah, no, this is way less important than the effort itself." I don't care about being trusted, uh, but moving out of my office, no man, this is a no. We care about being trusted. We care about being healthy and and looking good and and so on. So why is it not enough? Why is is intrinsic motivation the natural outcome? Why is it not enough? Well, it's simple. And I'm going to bring a financial term here, and that's net present value. Here's what happens. Those outcomes are very important, but are out there in the future. I mean, so imagine this, the the net present value, I think one of the best ways to describe it as a financial thing is, let's say that I'm willing to lend you $100 because you promised to pay me back $100, $101. Okay, does that make sense for you? Even $200. I'm, I'm willing to give you, the effort right now is for me to give you $100. The benefit, the natural outcome is that you're going to give me $200 back. I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer, right? Ooh, let me throw in another component to that. Five years from now. You're going to give me $200 five years from now. All of a sudden, giving you the $100 right now doesn't seem that compelling anymore the motivation of i'm going to get back 200 dollars five years from now 
even though the interest rate here is pretty darn good, but it's not that important. So in other words, it, it might not be an, an, an enough motivation to give you the $100 right now. And that's the concept of net present value. See, $200 today are not $200 five years from now. And I, you know, I'm not even talking about dollars and inflation and uh, consumer price index or anything like that. It's just the value of looking good. You're not going to look good tomorrow. If you, if you put the effort today, you're not going to look good tomorrow. If you start doing something different in your behaviors, if you change your behavior today, you're not going to be trusted tomorrow. It's going to take time. And once you account for that time, you bring the net present value, it might just not be enough. So the intrinsic motivation for in most cases is enough if it was immediate, if it was happening today or tomorrow. But if it's happening five, ten years from now, even six months from now, the effort all of a sudden, not to mention, by the way, that the effort is not just one day effort. It, it's accumulating. I, I have to go through the effort today and tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and next week and the following week and the following month and so on. There's a lot of work here. So net present value is out there. The effort is ongoing Intrinsic motivation, the net present value of the intrinsic motivation might just not be enough to motivate you to do it. And remember, you're doing things, you're going through an effort because the motivation is higher than the effort. And by the way, most people will tell you this should be enough. The intrinsic motivation should be enough for you. That, you know what, it's a great statement. It just doesn't work. The bottom line is, the, the, the way this works is that the motivation has to be enough for you. And, and shaming you into thinking that, why is that not enough motivation? Why can't you change your habits simply because you want to be more trusted and you know how being more trusted is important? Why can't you change your eating and exercise habits because you know how important health is? That's, these are great statements. They just, they don't work. And so I'm here to show you what does work. So what will work here is, you know, you already have enough, some intrinsic motivation. It's just it's not enough. You need to have a higher level of extrinsic motivation that you can add on top of the intrinsic motivation that together will be enough, will be more, more motivation than the effort that's required. That's it. You do, you don't, you're not starting from scratch because the intrinsic motivation does work, does, does play a role here. M maybe you need just a little nudge, a little more extrinsic motivation. Maybe you need a lot more extrinsic motivation. But you need enough to just get to the point where motivation is overall motivation. Intrinsic plus extrinsic are higher than the effort. And, and you know, maybe with some margin so that you're not too close to the line. Now, uh, what works for you may not work for me. What works for me may not work for you. So I'm not going to tell you that the motivation has to be that you buy, build, or fly radio-controlled airplanes. You may not care about radio-controlled airplanes. Whatever works for you, here are some of the things to think about. You can think about carrot, having an extrinsic motivation as a carrot versus a stick. So a friend of mine that really wanted to lose weight, he just bought a brand new Mercedes, but he still kept his old Acura. 
And uh, I said, how about this? Every day you don't go through the effort, you drive the old Acura instead of the Mercedes, the brand new Mercedes. Carrot versus a stick. So the carrot is you drive Mercedes, the stick is you drive the Acura, the old Acura. I'm not saying Acura is a bad car. So an old Acura is probably not as good as a brand new Mercedes. Uh, you need something that has immediate results because otherwise you're stuck in the same problem of net present value now of the extrinsic motivation. So it has to be something that you enjoy right now. So, you know, I'm going to go through the effort. I'm going to enjoy something right now. has to be something that you care about, not something that I care about. So that would give you enough motivation. Uh, so again, th this is kind of make sure that, that this is enough. You care about it enough to say this is motivating me on top of intrinsic motivation to actually go through the effort. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to limit my intake, my calorie intake for 1500 calories today. Let's say 500 of them because I know that it's good for me, but the other 1000 uh, is because of the extrinsic motivation. So something that you care about that, that applies to you and make sure that there are no severe consequences that would hurt you or somebody else if for some reason you didn't do it. Because we're gonna we're gonna be a little flexible with it. Now here's a question that you may want to ask. And if you don't, then ask it anyway. Does that mean, if you're using extrinsic motivation, does that mean that you're doing the effort, you're, you're going through the effort for the wrong reasons? Because, you know, you're not doing it for the intrinsic motivation that people will shame you to do it for that reason. You're doing it for a completely artificially connected reason. You know, your radio-controlled airplanes, whatever your hobby or, or anything else you're going to choose. So you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Are you? Well... My answer might surprise you. The answer is yes. You are doing it for the wrong reasons. You should be doing it for the intrinsic motivation. It's just it doesn't work. It's not enough. So yes, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. But it still helps you build the habit. And here's what happens over time. Initially, when you're doing, when you're going through the effort, the effort is just bigger than the intrinsic motivation. So on top of it, you put an extrinsic motivation. Now you have more motivation than effort. So you're doing it. But you know what happens over time? You form a habit. What you're doing, the effort becomes a habit, which makes it something that you don't need to think about, something that the effort itself is starting to become lower. It's automatic. You know, for me, uh, one of the habits was uh, there to get on the treadmill every day. Today, after years of doing that, if I don't get on the treadmill, I feel guilty. So it became a habit. When it becomes a habit, the effort is not as big. And it gets to the point where, you know, the effort actually becomes lower, even though you're actually doing the same thing. But the effort, the mental and... and I don't know, the, the level of energy, the physical effort uh, becomes lower while still doing the same thing and reaching the same results, intrinsic results. And it gets to the point where the level of effort is lower, not from both intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. It's actually lower than the intrinsic motivation by itself. 
give it a little more time after that, that's when you can stop the extrinsic motivation, that artificial connection between the effort and an extrinsic motivation that has absolutely nothing to do with it. Now, here's a big question. How long? How long does it take to form a habit? Well, if you Google how long does it take to form a habit, for the most part, you're going to hit two numbers, 66 days and 21 days. Those were pieces of research that was done that were done in the past, and, and they were telling you how long does it take. By the way, the one with 66 days, if I remember correctly, it was actually a range. The range was between 18 and 254 days. <laughs> quite, quite a range. But is it 66 days? Is it 21 days? The answer is none of them. It really depends. It, it depends on, on what is it that you're trying to achieve, on how good the motivation is, the intrinsic motivation uh, versus the extrinsic motivation. Uh, the answer is, think about the car engine, your car engine. W when you get into the car, you start the car, right? So you put your finger or, or you, you turn the switch, the, the key, to start the starter, right? The starter starts the engine. Why don't you keep your finger on the, that switch? Why, why don't you keep the, the key with the starter running? Because you don't need to. Why do you not need to? Because the engine got into the habit of operating by itself. That's when you don't need the starter anymore. That's the same thing with extrinsic motivation. Once you are motivated enough by the intrinsic motivation, and again, I'll take some, you know, some, some safety margin there uh, to say right now it looks like intrinsic motivation is enough, but I'm going to keep on going with extrinsic motivation until I built some, you know, gap there, some, some margin. And that's it. So how long? Until it becomes a habit. Until And, and what is a habit? Until stopping it is easier. Uh, I'm sorry. Continuing is easier than stopping it. Stopping it is harder than continuing it. I imagine, take one of your habits, that something that you're doing every day. I mean, let's take brushing your teeth, right? Hopefully, you brush your teeth every day, right? Twice, right? So think about... If you are told today that brushing your teeth has absolutely no health benefit, can you stop it? <laughs> you can't. I mean, you're just going to keep going because it's such an entrenched, ingrained habit in you. So, you know, you may not get that far, but, but a little less than that, when, when it's harder to stop than it is to continue, that's when you acquire the habit. Here's another question. Now, what if you missed it once? You know, there is an effort that you have to do every day. What if you missed it once? Well, first of all, if you missed it once, don't miss it twice. Okay? Uh, don't make it a habit to miss because now, now you're actually hurting yourself. You know, one thing that, that I read once is, is even if you can only do it part-time, 
it's still okay. You know, uh, every now and then, if you want to lose weight, you know how you need to watch your calories. And every now and then, uh, you're going to be invited to this fancy dinner and you know that you're going to consume way more calories than, than you needed to. Does that mean that you should get a regular Coke instead of a Diet Coke? No, still get a Diet Coke. Do part of it. Do, do, even if you, you are not going to meet the goal, the effort today, meet part of the goal. If you're going to the, the, the gym and, and you don't have an hour, you only have 20 minutes, go for 20 minutes. I'm going on a treadmill. I'm typically doing about three miles every day when I go on the treadmill. What happens if I don't have time? You know, I have another conference call late in the evening. I, I have to stop and move on. Do two miles. Do one mile. It's still better. It's, it's better to help you form a habit. Whatever you do, just don't make it a habit to miss because then it's going to be easier to stop than to continue. Let, let me close this all up in, in the context of trust and, and trust habits. Trust habits is a trademark uh, of mine. And as I said at the introduction to this episode, uh, my work on trust and trust habits is really, uh, it resides in the intersection of the science of trust and the science of habits. So those are two things that I research in parallel, trust and habits. And so let me take you through the trust habits, uh, seven steps. It's a seven step process. The first one is you identify a relationship. The second one is you identify a bad behavior, something that's holding you back from being more trusted in that relationship. The third step is you form a new habit. You identify a new habit, I should say. You're not forming it yet. You identify a new habit that would cancel the bad habit. Maybe the new habit is just to stop the bad behavior. Uh, the fourth step is you make it smart, you make it uh, specific, uh, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. The fifth step is how you make it stick, th that habit. How, you, how do you turn it into a habit? And, and I have seven components there or seven uh, tricks or tools or hacks, whatever you call them. Motivation is one of them. Extrinsic motivation is one of them. So this is where everything I talked about today about motivation, this is where it fits. Uh, six, sixth step is uh, to have an accountability partner that doubles, pretty much doubles the probability of success, your probability of success. And the seventh one is what I just talked about. How long does it take before it becomes a habit? How do you make sure that you repeat it every day? What do you do if you miss one? I hope this was helpful. As I said at the beginning, this is not just the framework to build, form habits that change behaviors that build trust. This is a framework to forming habits using extrinsic motivation. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it. Write a review for this podcast because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops, online courses, books, or go to my website, trusthabits.com. 
And remember that the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.